Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. Alrighty, welcome back everybody to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am super excited about this podcast episode because I have a fellow no CD therapist with me. This is Medina Alam. Say hey. Hi. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. So guys, we're just basically going to nerd out about OCD and exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP, for the next however long we're able to. We have our tea, we have our coffee. Um, And this conversation came up, obviously we both work at no CD. Um, giving therapy to people in the OCD community who are really struggling to give them really highly specialized, individualized treatments with exposure and response prevention. Um, And so for those of you who don't know, it's just the gold standard therapy for OCD and anxiety. And actually Medina, why don't we like, I'll have, I would, I would normally kind of describe what it is in case we have any newbies, but why don't you describe what ERP is? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. So I, I describe it by, you know, doing the hard thing or the scary thing and then choosing to sit with the uncertainty and the discomfort that comes along with those hard things. Yeah, I love that. And that's actually, fun fact, that's actually why I call my podcast All the Hard Things because <laughs> I was working with someone once. They were like one of my favorite people of all time, but they just could not understand like, why would I want to do something that's hard? Like why? And we had a really like interesting conversation about it. 
but they really couldn't understand like why would I why would I want to put myself outside of my comfort zone if I had the choice not to and I was like oh my gosh this is what it all comes down to like that this right here is what it all comes down to you have to find the value or at least the willingness like at the very least to do the hard things because that's what ERP is all about so we'll we'll get way more into it I want to make sure that anyone listening kind of knows what ERP is what to expect from an ERP therapist, because like we had talked about Medina, we're kind of a different breed. <laughs> um, kind of like why that is and all that good stuff. But I don't even think that I know this about you, Medina. I want to know like your background and how you got into ERP and then how you got into NoCD. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting, probably like maybe four or five years ago, I read this book. It's called um, Uncomfortable with, uh, Comfortable with Uncertainty. Um, it's by Pema Shrojan. She's like a Buddhist monk. You don't have to be religious to read it at all, but, um, essentially it's ERP in a book form and just using different verbiage, I guess. Um, so I was kind of practicing ERP with a lot of my clients at the time, but didn't actually know it. Um, I actually didn't apply to, um, no CD. So they recruited me, which was really cool because I, I always joke that I feel like I was born to be an ERP therapist because I have been living life and like teaching so many of my um, clients or members, you know, how to sit with uncertainty, how to be okay with being uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's in a gist how I got into treating OCD. That's so cool because <laughs> I often say like, I think I was always meant to be an ERP therapist too. Mm -hmm. um, this is all I've ever done. Um, but I remember even when I was in kindergarten, I was, I'm always, an, I've always been an anxious person and I'm still like unashamedly an anxious person. But um, even when I was really, really little, like back when we were playing heads up, seven up, like that little, I remember not wanting to go to school. I remember not wanting to like sit at certain people's tables or work with certain people because they intimidated me or I didn't want to say certain things, or it had to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I knew very, very early on that I had to, in order to get better with that, like I had to overcome it. Like, okay, like as much as you don't want to go to school today, you're going to school and you're not just going to go to school. You're going to go to school and you're going to like try to talk to as many people as you can. And I just knew not only did you have to do the hard thing, but it was almost better in a way to just like get it over mm -hmm. with and go hard with it. Mm -hmm. And then when, in, and when I went to college and I learned, I think just in my psych 101 class about OCD and anxiety disorders, and I heard about ERP, I was like, whoa, this is it. Like I'm doing this. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. So it's so cool that this is like part of our inner workings already, like what we value and like what we would have practiced regardless. And I think that is kind of necessary. Like as an ERP therapist, I think you really have to like, you really have to love it. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. that it's something that you can just read from a book and teach and not have that passion. I think that you really do need kind of like a certain personality to do it, a certain yeah. oomph to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that leads into my, like one of our first questions that we want to get to, which is like, why are ERP therapists a little bit different from kind of <laughs> other therapists? Yeah, I mean, I always, I'll tell all of my members at the first session, I'm like, I'm, you're going to experience me in a very different way, especially if they have 
um, experienced other types of therapies or traditional talk therapy, um, because we're here to make them or encourage them to be uncomfortable and to do these uncomfortable things versus maybe, you know, making a space where it feels warm and fluffy. Um, not that we're not doing that in a certain degree, but we're really pushing them to do the things that are, that are scary. And I totally agree with you when you say, you know, it takes a certain type of person to do that because honestly, it would be easier for us to, you know, sit and, you know, validate and empathize um, and not, not anything beyond that. But it's, it's really uncomfortable for us too. I'm sure you can relate to kind of encourage them to be in those situations because it, on some level, it would be easier to kind of just ride along with them but we're really pushing them, you know? Yeah, I think in my experience, and I'm sure you can relate, it feels invalidating in some ways. Like mm -hmm. you really have to find as an ERP therapist, you have to find that fine line between yes. how can I be supportive to the person, mm -hmm. but not accommodate the OCD. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times, <laughs> like I, especially at residential, I cannot tell you how many times I've been like, in my yearly evaluations or whatever, like once a, a person left and was no longer in my care, they'd say like, Jenna, you really intimidated me at first or like, yeah. mm -hmm. or I'd be getting feedback that like Jenna is invalidating. And mm -hmm. it's like, I, I do like, obviously there's room for growth and there is that fine line that you constantly have to balance. Like, how do I validate this person without validating the invalidating because obviously OCD is full of crap. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like I, I, we can't, right? Like the, what's, what people might be used to is where they go to talk therapy, where they're just really, where the person's really warm and non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. I am going to be cold sometimes when it comes yep. to your OCD. Like I am going to, you know, tell you to do the opposite of whatever it is that your OCD wants you to do. I am I, I'm going to be non-judgmental of you and like your experience, but I am going to judge these ridiculous thoughts and the ruminations that you engage in because they don't get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, yeah, I think mm -hmm. one thing that I want people to take away from this is like ERP therapists are certainly, I think a different breed. <laughs> it's just not what you might expect, right? Like it's not what you would see depicted in the media or like if anyone's ever gone to therapy before, it's just a unique experience. But like you said, we do have our own way of being supportive. It's just, we, we need to be very careful to do that, but not accommodate the OCD. Like I'm, I can say, you know, I believe in your ability to do this hard thing. I'm mm -hmm. not going to tell you that everything is going to be okay because I don't know that. I don't know right. if everything's going to be okay. I'm not going to say like, you know what? You can touch this, this thing. Everyone touches this thing and it's not that big of a deal. Like, mm -hmm. no, I want you to touch it. And I want you to sit with the uncertainty that whatever could happen could happen. I want you to resist your rituals and you come to those conclusions on your own. Right. And also though, if, you know, saying it was okay worked, they wouldn't be with us. Right. They would have, their symptoms would have gone away. So I think it's just a good depiction of how much OCD lies. Right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I'm just reading the happiness trap right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm literally in like chapter one, but it's all about how like we are bred for anxiety. We are bred mm -hmm. to have negative emotions. We are bred to be vigilant for danger and fear. And mm -hmm. so like for me, just to slap a positive affirmation on that and expect right. that to erase like years and years, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution and brain wiring, like it's not going to work. 
Like that's why when people go to talk therapy, especially for problems like obsessive compulsive disorder, they leave and they feel like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then three days later, they're back to seeking out that threat again. And they still have that threat expectation. Whereas with exposure and response prevention, we are working on habituation. We're working on correcting those threat expectancies. Mm-hmm. It might take a lot longer, but I always think that, like with this type of therapy too, slow and steady wins the race, right? Yeah. And you know, so much of that goes back to like judgment. Um, you know, such a big reason why our members are with us is because they're judging thoughts and feelings that we all have as humans. And so I think that is a huge part of it is we're stepping away from, you know, trying to get rid of those thoughts and feelings. I'll tell all my members, I can't do that for you. I would love to, but I can't, we can just work on changing the way we're responding. Um, and (laughs) yeah, I mean, just to touch back on, uh, us being a different breed, such a big thing that I'll remind all of my members is, you know, if you ever experience me being a little bit of an a-hole, it's probably because OCD has arrived to these, to the session. Um, and I remind them, I have a lot of care and compassion for them, but I don't for their OCD. And, you know, for the most part, people really kind of understand it when I word it that way. Yeah, I love that. And I, I do the same. Um, you know, I have to remind myself sometimes too, to like, I know it, but they might not know it. And so I find myself having to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm not being mean to you right now. Like I know what's going on and I'm trying to redirect what's going on. Like I'm, I don't want to ever bully you, but I am going to bully your OCD. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a different kind of experience for people. Um, and we talked about this a little bit before we got on and started recording, but, I've had a lot of people too say like, well, we just, this isn't working for me. Or like, I don't, I, I didn't jive with Jenna as a therapist because like, we didn't talk enough about my problems or we didn't talk enough. Like all we did together was exposure and response prevention. I get, I, I get that. And I've gotten it all the time. Um, and obviously like there are, there is room in sessions to do other things, right? Like there's a ton of psychoeducation. There's like motivational interviewing that at times you have to talk about, we got to talk about family accommodation. There's so many other things that we need to talk about, just educational things. But in, you know, and I'm sure you can vouch for this too. ERP is a very action oriented problem. It's a solution focused type of therapy, right? So like we're actively doing stuff. We don't sit there and kind of talk too much about things, especially about the past or about the future. It's really a lot of like, okay, I get that. And what are we going to do about it right now? I don't know if you can speak to that at all in your experience. Yeah, totally. I mean, all just a simple example is I have a lot of like college students who will be, you know, so anxious about homework or assignments and, and they're probably like, what the heck? Cause I'm like, let's stop talking about it. Let's just do it. Let's do the hard thing right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, I'm sure. And I, I know I've had people who've completed the uh, protocol when I'm thinking of like an OCD who <laughs> at the end, they were like, yeah, I don't know really if I received you all too well in the beginning, but then they kind of saw what we were doing and how effective ERP is and they, they got it. Um, and, you know, unfortunately not everyone does, you know, but yeah, I think doing the thing can, is what we need to do. I don't know if I really answered the question. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you're so right. And like, I think that that's really important for people listening to know is like, 
just because you don't like your OCD therapist at first doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad match, right? Like I'm all for agency and like ultimately having to make your own decisions because you should be able to collaborate and trust and enjoy your therapist. But knowing that we are kind of a different breed and the therapy that we do is different. It's, it's making you by nature do these difficult things know that your OCD is probably not going to like that very much. Like we are requiring you to step outside of your comfort zone to get well. And OCD, the doubting disorder, right, is going to have you second guess everything. It's going to have you say, well, Medina, like maybe she's just too tough for me. Like this isn't going to work for me. I didn't feel great after my first therapy session. So like I'm already off to a bad start. What's the point? This isn't going to work for me. I would say ERP therapists for sure if you don't get that best of a vibe from them, give it, I, I would say, give it a couple of tries. Um, it's hard to say for everybody, obviously, because there could be some bad ones out there and maybe there it's just not a good match after all. Um, but certainly like if I, if, if everyone who didn't like me at first or like my rough and tough approach at first just bailed after like session one or session two, I probably would have treated like half of the people that I did. <laughs> and like you said, they all eventually come around because they end up seeing that that's progress. They end up being able to kind of see at the back end, like what all of that tough love was for. And I guess that's the big thing here, right? Is that like, there's a lot of tough love going on and there is so much love. Like therapists who treat OCD and who love ERP the way that you and I do, Medina, like we love it so much. And I know mm -hmm. you can relate, like you probably, if you're anything like me, like we do, we get frustrated. Like mm -hmm. we know what's best for you and we just want you guys to get well. And so it's, yeah, like, I guess my, my point is to just be patient and know that we are probably not going to like be the best or like the fluffiest at first, but you'll eventually come around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, it would be, and I'm sure you can relate. It would be easier on some level to not push them. It's uncomfortable for us as well to do that. Like to put these, these people in situations that feel really uncomfortable and to sit with that, sit in that with them is, is really hard. And, um, I guess my best way to describe it to my members that are maybe fighting up against this a little bit is, you know, life right now feels hard or you wouldn't be here, you know, meeting with me. And so which heart are we going to choose? Because one has a long-term outcome that's a bit different and that's ERP, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure you can relate to this as well, just like how effective ERP is, right? So like, I get so, I almost have to like tame down my excitement about your passion for it. Yes. <laughs> like, cause I have to remember like these individuals are on another level than me. Like I know that this is helpful. I help people with this every day and that's all I've done for 12 years. This is sometimes their first time hearing about ERP. They're probably at like one of the worst positions in their life to have to come to therapy and get this diagnosis. And so I almost find myself having to like temper my own excitement and my passion to kind of like not overwhelm them and not invalidate them by my excitement about it. But it is so awesome. It's so effective. It's the gold standard treatment for OCD and anxiety. And like, I wish these were skills, you know, doing the hard things, actively going out of your way to challenge yourself. When you feel scared or fearful, doing the opposite of what your anxiety wants you to do, 
and ultimately challenge, like ultimately doing what it is that you value, right? Like making the decision, like I'm going to pursue my value regardless of how this feels. I'm going to choose my values over fear. I'm going to be okay with whatever emotions I feel. And I'm still going to do whatever it is that I want to do anyway. Like those are skills that people, like everyone should be learning in school. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like I'm really, I'm always really excited to give it to them. Um, I guess like, what do you love about ERP so much? Obviously other than like the values of doing the hard things, what do you love about it so much? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the stuff I think we kind of have already touched on. Like, I I truly live my life in the same way, and I'm sure you do too. Like, we can't avoid the uncomfortable things. So, yeah, let's let's meet ourselves with where we're at. You know, the ultimate ERP I say is, you know, we live life even though we have doubts and fears about it every single day, you know, whether you have OCD or not. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. It works. I think I've seen – so I um, – started treating OCD exclusively in the last year. And I think I'm going on like year five of being a therapist. And I've seen more people get better in the last year than the last five years combined by using ERP. That's so, so I think bad. that, yes, like it's just so rewarding and you know, there's nothing better. And I know you, you get to experience this too, than seeing someone get their life back, right? Cause OCD can be really debilitating and it's, it's sad to see, but it's so rewarding to see how these skills are helping so many people. Yeah. You just made me think of something and I lost it, but that's okay. I story yeah. of my life. <laughs> Sorry, I was just, I'm just like into this interview. Like we're just, we're hanging out. This is awesome. We need Karen in on this. I know. We need Karen in on this. <laughs> hint, hint, guys, if you're listening, we may have some fun things coming down the pipe for you. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I want to know, like, what are some, oh, this is what I wanted to ask. And I'm not editing any of that out. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, there's, I think a lot of, um, at least like where I used to work, there was a lot of like, don't let your, don't let your residents see you make that to-do list. Don't let your residents, like, I would always in conversation, like, we used to have these big meetings where like everyone was involved and it was the supervisor and the psychiatrists and like 20 other staff members. And it was all me talking to everybody every single week for like an hour. And that was anxiety provoking, right? Like tons of pressure, lots of like rapid fire questions. Like what is your plan with this person in the future? What are their assessment scores? Um, what's their hierarchy percentage? Like what, it's just a lot of pressure. And mm -hmm. I used to get so red in my chest. Like mm -hmm. that's one way that you can tell that I'm super, super nervous is I used mm -hmm. to like break out embarrassingly on my chest. Um, and I used to, and it got to the point where like, I wasn't even anxious about the speaking anymore. I was anxious about my chest breaking out. <laughs> so obviously like I have said before, I am an anxious person by nature. I guess there's some like stigma I think in with therapists in general, like that therapists sometimes need help or that therapists should have it all together. I guess like how, what's your experience with that? Like when you have your own anxiety, do you feel like knowing ERP and being so specialized in that treatment, do you feel like that helps you? Do you feel like it hinders you? I guess like what's your experience with anxiety in your day-to-day -day life when you have this ERP brain? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I joke that I feel like I use ERP all day long because I, I think you can apply ERP to generalized anxiety, which I would say 
most of us have. And if you, if you think you don't have it, you probably still do anyway. Um, but it's just such a normal thing for our mind to do is to worry and, and ponder about the future. And so I'll ask myself all the time, is there anything I can do about this right now? And, and trying to redirect myself to be more present in what's currently going on. And, and I think the big thing is, you know, reminding myself that I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to manage if and when that thing I'm worrying about does actually happen. And that's uh, such a big thing I, I want to foster for so many of my members is to teach them how to trust themselves again, because uh, I think that's something that anxiety loves to steal from us. So I think that's huge. There's actually, um, there was a post on Instagram a couple weeks ago that was like, whoa, that changes everything. It was about how pretty much all anxiety, whether it's like generalized anxiety, OCD, whatever, can pretty much boil down to us overestimating how horrible something will be yes. and underestimating our ability to cope with that. And that ultimately the point of the post was essentially like, we're all afraid, like all of our core fears essentially lead back to that. We won't be able to handle something yeah. like that. We're going to be alone forever. And we won't be able to cope with that, that we're going to go crazy. And we won't be able to cope with that, that we're going to be, whatever, you know, get a diagnosis of cancer and we won't be able to cope with that. We're going to lose our job and not be able to cope with that. So like, it always comes back down to, I won't be able to cope with that, which is really crazy considering that like all of us standing here, wherever we are today in our own unique situations, we've coped with every single thing that has since come our way. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy, right? Like we have no evidence to suggest that we can't cope with something. Obviously there could be something in the future that we like somehow quote unquote can't cope with. If there's that sitting with that uncertainty again, but we want, and I really love that too. Like ERP therapists want you guys listening and anyone else out there, we want you guys to learn that you can trust yourselves again, that you're going to have to learn throughout this therapy and throughout life to basically like build that self-efficacy again, build that self-confidence again. And I think ERP can totally equip people to do that, like to help you learn at the end of the day, like that you can handle difficult situations and you won't be able to learn that unfortunately until you put yourself in that situation first. Like I always tell my members, you're not going to feel more confident before you do these scary things. You have to do these scary things and then you learn and then you feel more confident. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, Head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. Right. I can't talk you out of being scared. I can only show you. That's my favorite motto. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah, we, we talk about that all the time. Like you can't logic your way out of OCD. You can't, right. um, you, you have to like behave your way out of OCD. I guess speaking of mottos, this wasn't something that we kind of prepared. So if you need to take a second to think about it, I want to know like, what are some of your mottos or like some of your keystone teachings that you teach people or any like go-to analogies or anything like that? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for this question. Um, well, well before I started treating OCD, I actually, I didn't mention this either, but um, I'm a yoga instructor. So that's kind of where I think this whole journey realistically started. But one of my favorite mottos since starting that is this too shall pass, um, which is essentially ERP, right? Nothing lasts for forever. And we, if we give ourselves enough, enough time and space, um, our brain will come back to baseline, meaning it won't always feel anxious. Um, and then I love, I got this or you got this. Those are just like, that's just a simple phrase. I like to remind my members, like you got this. I know you got this. Yeah. Yeah. I like those little quick anecdotes and you can remember, like, I, I love that little encouragement, right? Like mm -hmm. you can tell your members you got this or remind yes. yourself, like, I got this, I can handle this. I like, that's not self-assurance to me. That's not a ritual mm -hmm. to me because I know that you can do hard things. I know that we're all capable of doing hard things, even though I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how your doctor's appointment's going to go. I don't know mm -hmm. if you're going to get COVID. Um, but I do know that you can tolerate it. I do know that with yeah. the guidance and the support that no CD gives or an ERP therapist would give that you could cope with it. Yeah. Um, I know we've, we've already kind of talked about like our favorite things about ERP. I guess one thing that, that is my favorite, and maybe you can elaborate on this too, just your experiences, like anytime that someone has that corrective experience where they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Like, I want to cry. <laughs> like it never, ever gets old. Um, I have legitimately, and like I have chills right now, even thinking about it. I have had grown ass men who are like 50 years old who are like built and huge and like macho just like break down in my office because they are so happy that they were able to do this thing like hold on to a toilet flusher or i don't know like whole like cut vegetables up with a sharp knife while their children were in the house like that's in, that's awesome that's just that's what it's all about that feeling when you learn and when we can witness our members learning like that's it that's it right there. Like you did that awesome thing. And that's what I want everyone out there listening to know, like your therapist is pulling for you because we see that. Like I, I, and that's why I guess Medina, like we probably can get a little invalidating or cold or like tough love with our members sometimes because we do see that potential for them. Like I see that potential for all of my members. Like even when I'm meeting with them for the first session and they're telling me like all of their difficulties and how they spend three hours in the shower or, you know, they're not able to go to school. Like the first thing that pops into my mind is like what their future needs to look like. Like, so I'm already building that because that's part of our treatment plan, right? Like that's part of how we develop exposures for them. So like it is from my perspective, it is, it, it's easy for me to get a little bit tough lovey with these people because I do see so much potential for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I know you have always been treating OCD, but I think for me, I'm, I've seen therapy not work, right? I've seen people be in therapy for years and years. So yeah, that tough love might, might be hard for both of both us and the members, but we're again, like you mentioned, we see it working. Um, and yeah, it's your first point. I think there's nothing more rewarding for both us and the members is seeing how proud they are of themselves. I think like I, earlier this week, I had one of my members say how proud she was. She used the word proud. And I was like, that's so amazing that they can have the pride for themselves. Like, 
I think a lot of a lot of our members and our clients want us to be proud of them, but I want nothing more for other than for them to feel the pride. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about, I, you've posted about this on Instagram and obviously it's a big sticking point for a lot of ERP therapists. For anyone else who's out there listening, whether it's like a therapist listening or um, someone who's kind of like on the fence about OCD treatment or whatever, we, I want to talk about talk therapy. <laughs> uh, we've talked a lot about ERP. I want to talk about kind of the opposite, right? Like I want to talk about this talk therapy. And what I mean by that is just this unstructured general where you go to therapy and there's really no timeline. There's no protocol. There's no structure. There's no real interventions being given. It's more so just this empathic, non-judgmental, warm space. And not that that's bad. Like, I don't know enough about it, honestly, to say what it works for, but I know enough about OCD to know that it doesn't work for that. And it's actually not just not helpful, but it's detrimental. So talk therapy, and I've done a podcast episode about this, about why talk therapy is not only not helpful for OCD, but why it's actually detrimental to OCD. Um, And that's like why I feel so strongly about this topic is because we need to access the people who have OCD so that they can access the right treatment. But we also need to access the therapists who, because they don't know any better, right? Like they've never been told any different. We need to access those therapists who aren't doing ERP that you, you need to get these members, like whoever you're seeing, you need to get your OCD clients to an ERP therapist. Um, So what are your thoughts on talk therapy and why in your position do you feel like it is, is not helpful for OCD? What would you tell a member or another therapist about that? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I think, well, I don't think you can't talk someone out of out of being scared. And I think so much of therapy, at least what I've been used to is trying to figure out things, which someone who's anxious, that's probably the worst thing you can do with them is to encourage them to do more figuring out because they do that the other 23 hours, they're not with you. Um, and so I think that's the big first piece. And you can even apply it to like, think of like a more psychodynamic approach is like, okay, you're trying to figure out why you are the way you are today which this may sound invalidating and maybe an unpopular opinion, but I don't necessarily really care why you are the way you are, because that's not going to change the fact that you're struggling. It's not going to, we're never going to know hundred percent why you are the way you are. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I feel the same way. So I <laughs> provide the support for you in case anyone else out there is like, Oh my gosh, what? But yeah, no, why, talk more about that. Sorry. I got excited. And no, I, it's okay. Why do we quote unquote not care? Why? <laughs> obviously, we care, right? Like we are compassionate human beings. We care. Like it's not that we don't want to listen to it, but we do have to cap it, right? Like yeah. we can't just spend thirty minutes talking about why this happened or how this happened or the past or whatever. Why? Why is that? Right. Uh, well, I mean, I think like such a big part of it is, of course, we're all a product of our past, right? And I don't think figuring out why why we are the way we are is actually going to change our current situation. I think, like you mentioned, there's, you know, a time and a place to do it. You know, I will give my members, a you know, pockets and moments to talk about that to help us conceptualize. But then moving forward, it's like, okay, how are we going to change this? How are we going to make actionable steps in a direction where it's not feeling so, I guess, icky or it's not feeling so disruptive in your life? Yeah, I guess if we were to boil it down, what I'm hearing and what we're talking about is that 
what you could expect from an ERP therapist is that the treatment's going to be different, right? Like there is a very direct protocol and structure and very set like interventions that you'll have to follow. Um, so just know that there will be things like homework assignments more than likely, that there will be things that you'll have to actively do. It's a more active treatment. Know that your therapist is, is going to be a little bit more tough love um, more than likely, just because by nature, we have to try to get you guys to do the hard things. And we are going to be more focused on, okay, like, so, so what can I do to help you right now? And I, that even just like saying that phrase comes so naturally to me because I feel like I've said it like a million times in the past 12 years, like, okay, I get that. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from. So what can we do? What, what, what can we do about that right now? Like, what can we do about that right now? What can we do right now in this moment to help with that situation? Um, so a good ERP therapist is going to like validate what it is you're going through, like, Obviously, like, I can't even imagine that would be really, really difficult. I can see why you're struggling. And so knowing that information, what can we do right now? What can we do? How do we make that into an exposure? What's the ritual prevention that we need to be mindful of? What do we do right now? Um, yeah, all good stuff. All good stuff. What yeah. do you think is the most like challenging thing about being an ERP therapist? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, the fact that we're pushing people to do these really hard things. Because, um, I mean, more or less, we kind of boiled it down to, you know, sometimes you do come off like the bad, the bad guy, or I don't know if bad guy is the accurate word, but maybe it is. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, <laughs> do you agree? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in residential, we had a team. Oh, and this would be, this will be interesting. So at No City, obviously, you have one therapist because it's outpatient, but back where I was, um, it was residential. And so you obviously just needed like, a, there were more members on your treatment team. So it was me, I was the behavioral specialist, like the exposure specialist, you could say. And then we had a therapist who was more so about coping skills, teaching DBT, mm. doing family work. And then there was a psychiatrist who took care of all the meds. And you can imagine who was always <laughs> the bad guy, right? Like yeah. I was always the bad guy. The mm -hmm. psychiatrist, like luckily my team was really supportive um, and they always had my back and they always, and they like trusted me in my decisions. But especially when I first started before I gained their trust, um, I was always the bad guy. Like they always wanted to meet with their therapist more and not me. They always yeah. would like, go and tattle on me to the psychiatrist. And luckily like, especially if you work with a team, man, like you need, you need to support your, like the, the therapist or, or whoever's doing the exposures because we get all of the flack 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I think like so much of this, you know, anyone who's listening who doesn't even have OCD, but it's this idea that I think societally we are conditioned to want that short-term relief, right? So the talk therapist is giving you that short-term, you know, gratification essentially, but long-term it's really not helping at all. And you can think of anything in day-to-day -day life that any of you listening may avoid. It's because you're trying to avoid feeling uncomfortable. Um, and so ERP is, is such a good depiction of we're exchanging that short-term relief with short-term discomfort and long-term like relief and longevity and, and sustainability. Yeah, I see this a lot with families too, <laughs> which like breaks off into another like side question, but 
maybe we have some parents listening. I never really thought about that, but that could be interesting, right? So I see sometimes, especially now that I work with kiddos more than I did in the past, like I see that the kids are sometimes more willing to get on board and it's the parents who are sometimes struggling with this concept of like, wait, what, like, so what are we supposed to do for him during this time when he's upset because he's not ritualizing? Like, can you give him some tips or skills or things that he can do while he's upset? And I feel like a horrible therapist being like, no, I can't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So horrible or does that mean you actually care because you know that that's going to be what ultimately helps the child in the long run it's just it's like I know I'm bracing myself like a weird conversation (laughs) we've been so primed to get that coping skill to get that positive affirmation yeah hard to like for us to have to step in and be like no that's actually all wrong that's actually all wrong um and so yeah so I definitely see that with therapists or with with families Mm -hmm. um for sure. But just know that, I, I mean, I'm glad even just like listening to you, like it gives me that little bit of solidarity as well. Like we are doing the right thing by, by encouraging these individuals, including kids to do these difficult things and not jump in and save them as easy as it would be. And as preferable sometimes as it would be for us and for parents or whomever, that's not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up here, I have a couple last minute questions, but I want to know, like in case anyone else out is anyone out there is kind of on the fence about treatment. Um, they need a therapist, but they haven't gotten one yet. They have a talk therapist, but they are scared of ERP. What would you tell them? Scared of ERP. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would say either option, I, I know I kind of touched on this earlier, but either option is scary, right? Whether you continue on with the symptoms or you do the ERP and work on, um, you know, minimizing them as best as we can, both are scary options and you can handle that fear. Right, and I, I think it's important for people to know too, like it is scary and we will work with you to try to make that challenging but manageable. Um, we won't always be able to do that, but for the most part, right? Like, it's not like we're going to ask people to do their 10 out of 10s. Um, you may have to do that at some point, and we can't protect that from naturally happening to you in your day-to-day life, um, but it will require you to do the challenging but manageable stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, any other, like, can you think of any other myths or any other, like, things that you want to kind of clarify either about ERP, about OCD, or just about therapists in general? Um, I may be a bit biased, but I really feel like you can apply ERP to literally anything. Um, I know it's the gold standard for OCD, but um, I do have a private practice too uh, where I'll see some people who are a little bit more on the depressed side of things. um, And we're essentially still applying ERP, right? Because it's this skill and tool of learning how to be uncomfortable because obviously you know feeling depressed is uncomfortable but how can we accept that versus trying to get rid of it I think 99% of all of our issues whether we have a mental health um, diagnosis or not is we're trying not to feel uncomfortable and that's what's creating the issue not the emotion and the thought itself right 
Yeah, and I totally agree. I feel I was just in a community support group for No CD the other day, mm-hmm. and someone had mentioned like a trauma nightmare or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to sound like an ERP nerd, but you can apply ERP to that too. Yes, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> it truly is. Like I don't. I I think the field is going in such a direction. Like you had mentioned, generalized anxiety disorder. I'm doing a talk for a women's therapy group in a couple of weeks about how a lot of discussion in the field right now about how like those lines are so arbitrary, like GAD versus OCD. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, ERP is going to be like the reigning supreme therapy, I think for a lot of things, whether it's like depression, um, Eating disorders, is, ERP is obviously becoming more um, of an evidence-based treatment for eating disorders and whatnot. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm on board and I'm so happy that like you're on the ERP train with me. I love being here with you. I know ERP is so fun and everyone at NoCD is so fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So one last quick nerdy question, and then I'll ask you my like final guest question that I ask everybody. What is your... Well, two kind of questions. Like, what is your favorite subtype to work with or like favorite part of OCD to work with? Yeah, I have some other questions. Rapid fire questions. So don't feel the need to like go okay. super in But like, what's okay. your favorite subtype? Um, am I just, this is the rapid fire? Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is an ERP for me. No, um, probably symmetry. That's your favorite? Do I, yeah, do I explain why or is sure. it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's just interesting to, to have people, you know, simple things like messing up their environment or unfolding their underwear or, you know, uh, these things that, um, I think that they don't realize is interfering so much with their day to day. And then they can see, they can move on with their day without, you know, folding their underwear or hanging everything perfectly and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's tangible, I guess is the best way, like a lot of tangible stuff we can do in session. Yeah. What's your favorite? I, obviously, like this is more specific. What's your practical favorite part of being an ERP therapist? Is it like the psychoeducation? Is it the hierarchy development? What is it? I like practicing it, you know, the exposure to with them. A lot of my members know if any of you guys are listening, I'll practice with them to show them I'd never have them do anything I wouldn't do. Um, and to see them again, feeling proud of themselves when they do something they thought that they couldn't. Awesome. What's the coolest or like scariest exposure that you've ever assigned? (laughs) Uh, I actually did. I've done this a couple of times, you know, with harm OCD, you know, having a knife right up to some place on our body together, you know, there's a chance I could stab myself or there's a chance I could stab someone in the other room. Mm-hmm. got my heart rate up a little bit too yeah well <laughs> we could handle that right that's so great like I th- I love doing exposures with them too I think that that is such a good demonstration that like I may not be okay with this 100% either but we're gonna do it because I value the education that's here and I value showing you that camaraderie I think that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah um what's your favorite thing about no cd um, the community we've created, um, I was, I don't know if you know this, but I was hired on, over a year ago when we were pretty small. Um, so to see the, how we've grown, not only on like the therapist and, you know, the no CD end, but also just our no CD community. Yeah, I totally agree. I I've only been there for a couple months, but yeah, I mean, even just since I've been there, the explosion and United Kingdom now, Australia, mm-hmm. super, mm-hmm. super cool. 
Okay. Yeah. Last question. And this one you can elaborate a little bit because this is what we're all about. But I ask all my guests, why do you think it's so important to do and go through hard things? Um, I think it's important because we can't avoid it. So I'll remind myself and my members that I'm here to save you time and energy, not necessarily to save you from feeling uncomfortable things. Because um, we're really left with the same result. Anyone who has, you know, OCD listening, the very thing you're trying to avoid, I'm sorry you haven't successfully avoided it with your compulsions, although anxiety and OCD has lied to you and said, do these things, it'll, it'll protect you. Um, but it hasn't because you're, you know, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, you know, you're here because you feel uncomfortable. And so you haven't successfully avoided anything. Um, and so it's important to do the uncomfortable things because you can't avoid them anyway. Yeah. I love that. And I have the same discussions with, with <laughs> members. I love yeah. that. And yeah, referencing the happiness trap again, which is incredible. Um, it talks about how like anything that you value in life is inevitably going to be imperfect. Like right. anything that you value, like whether it's a relationship or a job or a child or anything, it's going to be imperfect, whether you like mm -hmm. it or not. And so yeah. to continue to chase this perfectionistic attitude, like in relationship OCD, for instance, or whatever, like it's just, it's, it's unavoidable. It's completely inevitable. And mm -hmm. so just continuing to chase it, the, the analogy that he uses is like nailing a butterfly to a corkboard. Like mm. you're, you're trying to keep it safe because you love it. You know, you want this idea of perfection, but you're, you're going to end up suffocating it essentially. Yeah. Um, and making the worst fear come true. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah. So this was fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, <laughs> so much for doing this. Is there anything else you think that's important for listeners to know, whether they are family members, um, someone out there with OCD or just therapists in general, anything else that's important for people to know? No, other than you got this, if you're on the fence. Or if you are in ERP therapy, you got this as well. Anyone listening, you got this. <laughs> For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.